0: Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk and on this episode I'm joined by someone who knows a little bit about UFOs because at the last count that I looked on social media everyone's crazy for UFOs at the moment so without further ado let me introduce
1: my guest this episode we'll get the ball rolling. Ben, how are you? Hello Reeves, I'm very well thank you and in all modesty, you've chosen the right person to share this particular subject with on your show. I... As you you know, I'm very, very um, knowledgeable, and I, have, I think I have a good understanding of this subject, and, uh, well, I've been pretty obsessed with it lately, because it's becoming more and more interesting. It certainly has over the past few years, and even the last couple of weeks, i found. I
0: think, before we jump in, who is Ben Emlyn Jones, and how did he get into UFOs?
1: Well, that is a long story, but I, I can give it a, a brief phrase, Well, Well, um, I am a former hospital porter with 23 years of experience, and over the course of my life... I've come to realise that things such as UFOs, the paranormal conspiracy theories, as they are known, are not actually the fringe kind of frivolities that most people think they are. They are actually... I think the most important issues affecting the world today and gaining an understanding of these subjects has become a necessity. I've developed an interest over the course of my life. It must be something I must have had a long time because I don't have a very good memory of my childhood, but I do remember having books on ghosts and UFOs and things like that. So uh, I must have had an interest at a very young age. In the mid to late 90s, I took more of a serious interest in it and set up my uh, website, Hospital Porters Against the New World Order in 2006. I'm an author of several books, including uh, three specifically about this subject, so uh, people can check that out on my website, uh, panwo, H-B-A-N-W-O uh, dot
0: I've been sort of uh, dipping my toes into the UFO Twitter recently, in the last sort of couple of months, and I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, people are talking about what's going on at the moment with the world, with these balloons and other sightings that are going around. I'm wondering, are we sort of slowly approaching... I'm gonna use the word disclosure, but
1: is things being pushed in that direction? That's a very good question. It really, really is. And I mean on UFO Twitter then there's you're dipping your toes in there so you can easily get them bitten off by sharks. It's it's like many internet communities, there's many, many there's a very there's a broad diversity of opinion. And um the discussions can get very heated and sometimes quite vitriolic. To be honest, I don't really know. i, I honestly don't know what's going on here. The history of the the UFO subject Um, Of course, it's as old as time itself. I mean, I think uh, there's cave paintings thousands of years old that seem to depict what we today recognise as flying saucers and um, grey aliens. However, it's really since around the 1940s that uh, things started to get really interesting, that the so-called modern UFO era began which is actually where human culture and human society started to get get a serious grip of this phenomenon. It's pretty clear that the uh, the government, and all countries appear to be going along with this policy, governments decided that they would keep this phenomenon secret from the people, uh, which is very difficult because it is an overt phenomenon in the sense that it can be seen by everyone. Um, it, it appears in, in every country in the world quite openly in front of people. Sometimes it's over large towns, not just pe- you know, sometimes individuals, sometimes large groups of people. But it's impossible to deny that uh, the people are having the experience of perceiving these things, so that the strategy has always been official ridicule and denial. And that is actually a quote from um, a memo sent to Admiral Roscoe Hillencutter, who was the first head of the CIA in 1947. Now, this policy lasted 70 years and five months. And you may say, well, how do you know, how can you time it that precisely? The answer is because it ended on the 17th of December 2017. It didn't end in the sense that the government are not telling us the entire truth about the subject, but it ended in the sense that the strategy for managing this particular phenomenon and the relationship it has with the people altered radically and very, very suddenly. And uh, since then, I've been trying to get to grips with exactly why that has happened, for what purpose, and by whom. What's the ultimate agenda for this particular and purpose for this particular change? The 70-year policy was overturned. Very, this so quickly and so radically I think is highly significant in itself something is going on, something very strange indeed. I go back to my early, I mean I was quite fortunate when I was a child as I've
0: uh, recounted on uh, other episodes of Paratalk that when I was younger I, with a friend and my father I witnessed what you would coin the classic UFO sighting it wasn't a fleeting, it lasted about 10-15 minutes so I was very fortunate what they were, I don't know that kind of sparked my interest and pushed me forward to start reading books and, and educating myself about it obviously in later years you know you read more serious books and when you're younger you've you know you, you buy your sci-fi magazines and stuff so in the last few years one of the original I would say one of the original um, UFO hunters the collectors of pictures and documented accounts was Lieutenant colonel Wendell Stevens yeah. now some people say yep he's a great guy and some people don't agree and especially the picture archive and his library that he of stuff that he collected over the years some of those pictures are amazing pictures so what i was going to say where i'm going with this is we have a lot of researchers over the years that have done a lot of diligent work put together cases and laid it out for people documented it so that you can sit down and you can read all this literature and educate yourself about the subject But you've also have obviously like with anything you have a side of people that say ufos uh, are a load of nonsense they don't exist it's imagination and people are making it up they're misidentifying stuff now Uh we've got um governments now that are coming out a military complex the governments are coming out and going, well you know there's there's something out there and we're not sure what it is and it's all of a sudden they're kind of coming around to saying well you know and, and this immediately, for me, is a huge red flag. A huge red flag. It's like they've suddenly turned the tables. They've changed the name from UFO to UAP. That's the first red flag because yeah. they don't want to be associated with UFO. They want, they want to create something in their own guise to then say, well, this is what we're disclosing. No, that's, that's UFO. That's different.
1: It's the same thing. So where do you think they're going with that? Well, the term UAP actually, actually originated in Britain. It was actually first used in the 1980s. However, um, it has been adopted officially now in the United States. And the reason is because they don't want to be, as you just said, they don't want to be associated with the people who talk about UFOs because I think there was a cultural stigma it's still that still exists. Now, ironically, the term UFO didn't exist before the uh, Robertson panel in 1952, and it was chosen to replace flying saucer for the very same reason. The thing is, we loonies, so-called, we are culturally appropriated UFOs. So now... Um, this is why the government has now decided on UAP. There's a red flag um, flying very high, very, very much so. The question is, though, what, what is it actually signifying? Is this? Um, there's a number of possibilities here. Uh, this it could be the truth embargo, which is what I just described—the cover-up, which existed for seventy years um, or more than that now—is now in the hands of people who want to end it. That's that's this is the happy possibility, the the, the best case scenario. Uh, it is now being controlled by people who want to end it. Um, and the uh, the changes that have come since 2017 is basically a, there's partly a social experiment and partly a conditioning process to get people to accept the reality without shocking us all too much. In which case, this process will continue. I and mean, there is something a bit theatric about what's been happening since December 20, 2017, actually. As if we, these things have been, you know, enter stage, left this, exit that, things like that. Another possibility, of course, is that this, the keepers of the truth embargo, and truth embargo is a term coined by Stephen Bassett, an exopolitician, politician is that they've decided to change the strategy in order to bury the secret even deeper. They've decided, well, the one we have now is not working. We need to try and bury this secret deeper by confusing people with false information, putting people out in the media to, to make talk about crazy stories that no one will believe and muddy the waters and things like that. So that's another possibility. A third possibility is this is an inevitable process that comes as the result of a change in the phenomenon itself. So this infernal triangle between the you know, government people and the UFO phenomenon, is it's weighted very much on the side of the UFO phenomenon corner, which is basically dragging everything down. And so, that's, so in other words, there are more tic-tacs now than there used to be, and they're appearing more often, and more and more pilots are seeing them. Therefore, this is the inevitable response. That's the third possibility. I mean, maybe there are other possibilities too, um, which maybe you can add to. I've got a few notes on my on my
0: notepad, and um, I made these notes because I, they popped into my head uh, a little while ago, and I thought, well, I'll be speaking to you soon, so I'll write it down so that I won't forget. My first thought was these shoot-downs are nothing more than theatre. They're there to show the public that the military is able to intercept things and take them out if they're over their airspace and therefore the public will then we're safe no problem you know let them get on with it they know what they're doing the other note that i made was that the reason that this is happening is twofold let me just go back even further you've got a i'm going to go to balloon gate okay because i just want to say something Uh, they the first excuse was the reason that these balloons have now only been noticed is because the equipment they've got is not designed to look for things so small at such high altitude and for uh, me that's uh that i can't really believe that because if you're saying that then the equipment you're using isn't that sensitive and therefore anything else that's that's around the same size as a balloon uh traveling up into the stratosphere or however high it is for example a ufo you're going to miss it you're not going to see it it's not even going to appear on radar it's not even going to be there but my, my second point my B-side to that is that maybe, and this is all hypothetical, this is just my opinion, this is all, this isn't, This isn't, you know, just thoughts. Maybe that this is a rollout for something that's coming in the near future, that we're being uh, conditioned, uh, things are being sped up and we're being conditioned en masse for something that's possibly coming. The only thing I can say is that maybe not all UFOs are nuts and bolts. What do you think about that? Maybe Earth. not all of alien craft, not all of the stuff that people witness and see, even having experiences with greys or whatever, maybe they aren't in the material world, as in the sense of, like us, flesh and blood, and
1: nuts and bolts. What do you think of that? But They're made out of a different substance. It, it, it's possible. I mean, to answer your earlier um, points, now, um, if you're speaking specifically about balloon gates and what everything's been happening this month, well, last month now... It was a very, very strange couple of weeks indeed. I wish I could give you a final answer on exactly what's going on here. I really wish I could. This, in a sense, is an escalation and, again, a strange diversion of the process that's been going on since December 2017. It's a really strange diversion. It has an element which can only be described as surrealist. I mean, watching the news, when this broke out, I could hardly believe what I was seeing. I was seeing someone like the Minister of Defence for Canada the head of the head of the National Security Council, uh, the head of N- NORAD, talking about um, <clears throat> things we say they describe as objects, and the only word they were used to describe them is objects. When someone says, "Well, are they a balloon?" they say we're calling them objects for now, and there's a reason for that. They won't confirm what they are, but at the same time, they say things like, "Well, this one is cylindrical; it's silver in color; it has no obvious means of propulsion or lift." They describe its various mm. its various properties. And then they say, but it's an object, we don't know what it is. And, by the way, we've shot three of them down. It's This is a very serious matter, because this is the first time since 1942 that live ordnance has been detonated in anger in the in the um, airspace of the United States. I heard that one of the uh, balloons that was shot down over,
0: I think it was Alaska or Canada, in that area, in that vicinity, was a a $30 balloon for, for a, a ham radio sap hobbyist <laughs> so that they could... Uh, they oh. could increase their signal range uh, and the balloon basically went off and it floats around in that area and people can connect up to, you know, get it connected and boost their signal in some way. But the thing was that when you look at how much uh, that missile cost, was it half a million? Half two, a million each, yes. That, end. that fired, no. that blew up that $30 balloon. And you're blowing up things and shooting them out of the sky and then admitting, we don't know what they are, but we're still blowing them up. Yeah. that That's, the,
1: once again, that's a massive red flag to me. It is. That, that's a massive red flag. Another red flag is that there is actually a witness on the ground. I mean, these uh, balloons, are the, the first, whatever they are, and we, they say, they're say they not balloons, they're objects, because they, they're actually correcting the um, reporters who call them balloons. These objects, two of them crash in a very remote area, indeed. Um, not the, basically subarctic North America. Um, now, one there's a witness, actually a witness on the ground to one of them, and he's a guy who... Works in an oil drilling facility on the Alaska North Slope, and um, he has been watching. For, he said for about three days there were planes flying in and out, helicopters, the military commandeered the local airfield and things like this. And he's actually filmed this stuff and put it on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Now, a thirty-dollar ham ra- radio balloon wouldn't cause that kind of response in terms of a crash retrieval, in terms of a, because it's this—it's the sea. It crashed on the sea, but the sea at that, that time he is frozen over. So it crashed onto ice, basically, a plane of ice. President Biden himself actually said, oh, these are just, oh, it's a, it's a recreational balloon, I think, or something like that. It, it, again, that's a red flag. It doesn't make sense at all. On the subject of what you said that was going on, this is you mentioned that this may be some kind of show of force by the military. Um, I think you said that was mm. one of your... Yeah. Um, there are many ways in which the U.S. military can do that without generating this rather strange scandal. For example, you can carry out exercises off the coast, it can have displays, you know, displays and public events and pageants and things like that. This is a very strange way of publicising your own military might. A very strange way indeed. The same goes for the idea that uh, it was some kind of experiment gone wrong from Area 51, you know. Again, you, you don't have to come on, on to stay and say, oh, we found an object. We don't know. We're not going to tell you what it is. We don't know. You know, they, they, it's almost like they were teasing us. Why don't they just lie to us, Reeves? Why don't, why don't they just not tell us or lie to us? I mean, yeah, I... um.
0: Uh, when I heard the ham radio uh, story, I immediately in my head I immediately saw the uh, press cutting from Roswell and the <laughs> weather balloon. It uh, was it was on those it was on those same lines of well you're making stories up again to and when you tell people what you're going after you're kind of skirting around the actual what it is to not say what it is to you say know. what it is and it's uh, you're putting it out there that you know that the newspapers are going to take that and they're going to run with it and they're going to create their own stories from that. And it's whether you're trying to panic the public or condition them to become used to this kind of stuff. And I, that's why I kind of moved on a little bit from that and, and ask you, if these are aliens in real craft flying around the planet, do you think that that's w- what every one of them is? Or do you think that there's something else going on here? Because I, I have got a theory. Well, it's not my theory. It's a theory that's
1: out there that it could be possibly something else but I wanted to hear your thoughts first. No, well, I wish I could give you a firm answer on this, and I can't, unfortunately. There's, it's, it's possible that this, these are basically extraterrestrial artefacts, uh, literally manufactured by non-human hands, um, in which case the, the we know that these things have been around and about for a very long time. Obviously, some of them do seem to be immaterial. So, I mean, they've been compared to ghosts and things. You was talking about some of them might not be flesh and blood and nuts and bolts. But obviously, they do leave behind a physical trace. They leave behind um, objects such as uh, wreckage, which appears to be make, made out of some kind of metal. There are biological beings that appear to be uh, leave footprints and things like that, and you can touch them, things like that. Um, so um, there's, it seems to be a combination of both as kind of like um, maybe contradictory. If if they are that, then obviously the people people who manage this particular subject seem to have changed their minds over how they present it and they are actually giving the public enough information for us to ask more questions and for us to deal in a sense they're almost it feels like they're almost encouraging us to demand more information on this subject that's how it feels
0: i've been sort of learning a little bit about this theory that's floating around at the moment and maybe it's a theory that's come they kind of go full circle you Somebody says something, somebody comes up with an idea it's out there, people talk about it, and then it goes quiet and then it comes back again. And uh, i'm I'm kind of thinking, maybe not maybe not all of them, or maybe maybe all of them, I don't know. maybe this is a product of the planet itself. Maybe the mm. planet itself being, if it's a conscious thing, mother Earth and all that, maybe this is a product of something that's the planet is manifesting and that it's uh, more of a warning. than than anything else and and when we have these experiences that these objects are able to tap into the public consciousness and manifest in a way that we can perceive them as material flesh and blood things rather than they're not they're only there like that for a while because when you go into the realms of ufos you always say well he was there one minute and then he was gone or the ufo was there and then it vanished and and you think well are they popping in and out of reality or is there something else that's manifesting and and we are as we're like little radios we're tuning into that and we're experiencing that for that short
1: duration so i just wonder what your thoughts were on that that's a possibility it is indeed it could be that our very presence and the presence of our minds and consciousness kind of almost encourages these, these things to appear and it may be so may have some connection with the Earth as well, Gaia consciousness, or whatever it might be. It could be that these things come to, come from the Earth. I mean, it could be that being so huge, and indeed parts of it are still unexplored, there may be perhaps cr- creatures that have evolved on this Earth with us, but we they've kept their distance from us. In other words, we never, we, our paths have never crossed. That is a possibility come through wormholes from other dimensions or from distant planets um it's it's difficult to know i mean it's there they do appear to have a physical presence they, they appear to like i said they they can be seen they reflect radio radiation light radiation and, and radar they produce solid objects and beings the footprints and you can touch them and things like this right. it's it's a tricky question Reeves i don't have all the answers to that i mean there is another possibility i've thought of. Um, which I've been contemplating. Actually, everything that's been happening lately in the last few years, including what's happened in the last couple of weeks, is actually a prelude to. As you said, it may be they're preparing us for something else. But what they're preparing us for may be a hoax. They may be preparing us to, to, to lie to us and tell us we're about to be invaded by evil aliens. And the, the solution to this problem, which which will be essentially a Matt it'll be a manufactured sense of fear and outrage and to which the government will then present a solution which the public will accept when they wouldn't otherwise as a solution to the problem which would be possibly more internationalism and authoritarianism in global politics that is a possibility we need to be on our guard against that if that appears to be the case it uh leads me into um another question that i have we always look at these we say
0: aliens are coming here they're going to overtake the planet or something like that a genetic war maybe you've got a uh, a couple of factions of aliens from different places and maybe we are a very useful product to them maybe uh. they want something from us maybe they want our dna or, or something from us and that uh, we are we're a sort of a, a kind of um a product to be fought over And maybe we're caught in the middle. Maybe we're piggy in the middle. We think we're the important ones, but we're not. We're just, we're the cattle. And they are fighting over us. And that's why governments around the world that have agreements with certain factions, certain groups of these, wherever they're from, uh, maybe they've given the okay to say, well, if you give us your technology, if you give us certain technologies, then you can abduct so many people pro rata and do your genetic whatever you need to do i know it's an old story but Uh it it's kind of i don't know i just keep thinking like that is
1: that is that a possibility it's probably not uh, the reason i think it's not likely is that um if the idea of a secret deal with the aliens as you say it's quite a common idea it's uh, it's been around for quite a long time but in any such negotiation with these aliens we humans wouldn't have an awful lot to bring to the table we wouldn't really have much leverage, would we? I mean, they see the extraterrestrials have been doing these abductions. I mean, probably since prehistoric times. Uh, certain myths in, in mythology and legends of many cultures, we talk about creatures. They sometimes call them trolls and fairies, just snatching you from your bed and taking you away, doing all kinds of horrible things to you. When the when you when the descriptions come out of these trolls and fairies, they tend to resemble the very aliens that we see mm-hmm. today. Yeah, call aliens. Um, now they they don't need our permission for that they don't ask our permission they uh they do it and there's nothing people can humans can do to stop it um this may be one of the reasons that the, the government are keeping it secret because they if they told us openly they would have to admit that uh, these aliens basically do what they like they fly in in our airspace they snack they kidnap people and Sometimes, usually they return them, but, you know, sometimes they don't. I mean, the new David Paulides film talks about people who who are are abducted and disappear permanently. And um, they also, they can interfere with nuclear weapons. They can, if necessary, disable our nuclear deterrence. The government will have to come up and say, look, this is happening and there's nothing we can do about it. Governments, you know, politicians don't like admitting they're powerless. But in this case, they are. So the, the idea of a secret deal really doesn't make a lot of sense in that situation. It'll be a bit of a Melian dialogue. You know, we'd be sitting there saying, well, we will never be but yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it, isn't there? You know, they always say, be careful what you wish for in case you get it. The truth about this whole subject may actually end up being very, very distressful. I mean, it could be, it could be that we are literally the livestock on some kind of intergalactic barnyard. We are farm animals for these creatures. Mm, I was like going to say it could be that you you, you mentioned something then yeah and maybe we are being currently we're currently our farmer's market and um it, it could be as bad as that if that's the case would you want to know or would you be grateful to the people keeping that secret from you
0: as we are rapidly approaching the end of this episode i was going to jump uh, into uh, second gear and uh, i was going to start to ask a, a question to you let's say tomorrow the the aliens or whatever they are they're real and it's a thing and they've been here forever okay uh, uh, and the, the everything that was told to us and all the lies that were told to us and all the people that have, who had their careers destroyed because there are people out there that have done some serious work uh, that have been have had their careers destroyed through ridicule yes um the governments are very sorry about that but that's the way it is how do you think the the greater public how do you think that they would take that
1: um, I actually, funny enough, I actually wrote a book about this very subject. It was a fictional. it's called Roswell Rising, A Novel of Disclosure. Available at all good bookshops now, price £10, by the way. It's about this, it's a fictional story about this very subject. If I was writing that book today, I would write it slightly differently. I mean, it's, I believe there would be a large con- contingent of the public who would be pretty indifferent to it. I've come to realise that there are a large number of people who, who really really, don't react at all to these kinds of things. They appear to not to have an awareness of anything beyond their own basic material needs and i mean i don't i don't want to sound demeaning there this is what i've observed about large with large numbers of people there would be a number of people including myself and i think probably you who would be delighted by this we'd be inspired we'd be excited we would uh we would, would give us a bit of a lease of life and of course We'd, we'd have so much to write about and so much to talk about on our radio shows. My book would become an overnight bestseller, things like that. And there would also be, I think there would be another portion of the population also, probably about the same size, who would freak out. They would become very afraid. And so they would probably, as you could see things like riots, suicides on a large scale, things like that. That's how I think people would react on that situation. Um, to
0: add to what you just said, you say people would freak out and, and kind of not want it to be true or understand what's going on. I also think how it would impact religion and how it would uh, change. I mean, you could imagine the little alien man comes out and says, well, you're a byproduct of us, a product of what we have set. So I'm, I'm thinking, do you think that um, they would become the new, the new messiahs? Like, Little Timmy's got a, a, a bad leg. Can you fix it for him? Uh, you know, because you're an alien and you've got the technology. Would it sort of turn into that? It
1: depends on the religion, because religions have, have a very, very very wide variety of different ideas. Um, I think uh, Hindu Hinduism and Islam would probably, they would probably not be affected very much, really, to be honest, because they already have this kind of concept within them. Uh, the, the The Muslims believe very much in the jinn, which when you which they occupy a parallel world and they're made of smokeless fire and they they very much like how some aliens are described the jinn and there's good and bad jinn etc uh the the hindus believe in an entire parallel world of gods of various kinds i mean there's thousands of these gods it's incredible um now christianity would have to adjust quite a bit i think i don't know about judaism but christianity christianity would have to adjust its beliefs but the idea is, I mean, a lot of people think that the church would fall if we had alien, open alien contact or disclosure. I dispute that because the church survived the blow dealt to it by Charles Darwin and his the theory of evolution. The church opposed it, first of all, and said it's all nonsense. Then they uh, sort of went into the bargaining phase in uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's scales. It was denial, then bargaining, then you know, shock denial, bargaining, then eventually acceptance. The today's Christian churches you know, live actually quite comfortably alongside. I mean, there are exceptions, and you go to some little village in in the Alabama or something, you'll see some guy with a shotgun who just won't. He says it's all nonsense. Still, but um, generally speaking, most Christians accept evolution, and they've they've adapted into the, into the theology and catechism of the church. They say, well, God, yeah, God created the earth. He didn't do it in six days. Adam and Eve were just symbolic, not literal. And things like that. And I think probably the church would find some kind of cop-out again. It's very, very similar, I suspect. Interesting. Hey. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that, um,
0: that you know, it's like anything. If uh, you have something like that that's monumental, I think that you'd have to adapt. Things would have that's... to change and you'd have to sort of carry on living your life, but you would have to adapt in some way and, and you know, uh, look at things from a slightly different angle. But anyway, so um, finally, as we're rapidly approaching the end, find out from you and and get your uh, idea of where things are going at the moment with this whole UFO debate, and when
1: do you think the full disclosure is going to happen? Is it going to happen or not? Oh, my goodness. I've got a bet. I I took out a bet in Ladbrokes or William Hill. I've got the slip somewhere. In 2015, that it would happen within 10 years. I actually got odds of 500 to 1. I put a tenner on. So if it happens, I'll get 5,000 pounds that um, the odds and funnily enough the odds are dropped i think they're only offering like i think they're only offering like about 30 to 1 40 to 1 now so that's interesting is it because i trust bookmakers more than i trust academics because they you know their livelihood depends on the statistics it's not just all well i can say this and say that and i get paid the same um when will it happen i don't know i mean what, what i think the last couple of weeks has taught us is that a week is a long time in exopolitics, which means that things can change very rapidly Disclosure, when it happens, may burst out suddenly with no warning. It may uh. literally just happen. And in the way, same way these very strange things have happened um, over the United States and Canada, It's it could literally be that quick when it happens. And we I suppose we have to be prepared for it. That's the purpose of what I do in terms of my writing um, and in terms of my uh, online act- activism, is that it's, it's about presenting information creating awareness creating a community as well of people who will be ready because i think there's a large number of people who have come into ufology i call it new ufology since 2017 a lot of them maybe it's because of the, the revelations of december 2017 and so there's a time when we may have to take a leadership role when, when when if should disclosure happen people may actually people who've been the people who've been laughing at us for decades will have to turn to us and look for advice and for leadership I mean, Sam Harris, the sceptic, has effectively admitted that. I sometimes think that. I think if they turned around and, and suddenly the following day they said that they're
0: here and, and that uh, they're going to be part of society or or, what, or just accept them and, that you know, whatever. Uh, I think there's a lot of my mates that I turn around and go, what What do we do, Reeves? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you just go on and carry on your life as you you can't change anything. You know, you just carry on as you are because, you know, you accept it as, as they're there. They've always been there
1: it's I think it's an unknown isn't it it's definitely an unknown oh, the first thing I would say to them is: well the first thing you do is apologise for me apologise to me for taking the mickey for so long but then <laughs> then <I'm laughs>
0: well I, yeah I, I think um, I've been scoffed at a few times a few no, yeah yeah you learn to sort of just you know turn the other cheek and just go okay I've no, no, said my bit and uh, if you want to have a joke and that's perfectly fine that's fine by me Anyway, Ben, so thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Ah, you're welcome. It was certainly a bit different. What have you got in store for the next few months? Because the the nicest weather's going to come. Are you going to be
1: going out and doing some of your UFO conventions? Yes, I'm going on tour uh, several times, actually. I've have several speaking engagements, including the Encounters Conference at the end of next month. That's in uh, Southampton. Um, And I'm speaking also in a couple of other places, such as the Dorset Earth Mysteries Group in... Either July or August, I can't remember. And um, I'm also attending several conferences as a delegate, such as the Glastonbury Symposium and um, the Awakening Conference in August. So, yeah, I'm going to be out and about. So I'll pro- probably see you there if you uh, want to come to some of these other places. Yeah, I might. Uh, I
0: might pop down to a couple. I'm, tr- I'm also trying to organise a, uh, a ghost hunt as well at the moment. So uh, uh, it's all sort of. Uh, I, I think that I've got to make the most of uh, the the warm weather after you, last oh, year. Yeah? we had a we had a sort of few weeks of really really nice weather and, and I always kick myself for not because uh, you know it's like anything the weather's really nice and you think oh it's not going to last so I don't gonna I don't going to plan anything because it's at uh, two days time it's going to be pouring rain but we had a couple of weeks of really hot weather and I'm thinking I decided that this year uh, if that happens again which is likely a will maybe it'll be for a bit longer and then I'm going to take the initiative and I'm going to go right off I go I'm going to I'm going to have it ready ready to go ready planned so off I go. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Anyway, Ben, thanks very much for coming uh, uh, on. Ah, oh, you're welcome. I'm sure you'll be back a little bit later in the summer after you've done your talks, because I'll be a catch oh. up with you. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And a bit of UFOs, you can't beat a bit of UFO
1: chatter. Till next episode. Talk to you soon. Oh, thank you very much, Reeve. Thanks for everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.